Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Concerts That Made Us. I'm your host Brian. And before we get into this week's episode, as always, we've a couple of things to get through. The answer to last week's music trivia question was, of course, the Beatles. And for this week's music trivia question, how did Led Zeppelin come up with the title of Black Dog? Tune in next week to find out. And we've got another five-star review. Five stars, obsessed, with little emoji blown a kiss. This was left by Ricardo Romney on iTunes. And don't forget, if you leave a five star review, it will be read out on the show. Now, enough of all that. The reason you all came here. This week's episode is a fantastic one. My guest is Kat, a South African multi-instrumentalist, multi-genre musician. This is a really interesting listen. I know you're going to love it. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hi Kat, you're very welcome to Concerts That Made Us. Hi, nice to meet you. You too, you too. So how are you doing this morning? I'm doing all good, thanks. It's a beautiful day here in Cape Town, so I know it's very different to where you are currently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a bit. We're uh, we're going through a lot of storms at the moment, but it is the the time of year for it. Mm-hmm. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, very exciting times. You recently released your song "Wolves." Would you like to tell us a bit about it? Sure, thanks. Uh, yeah, it's uh, I wrote it with uh, my fellow musician Mark Hayes uh, here in Cape Town. He's um, he's moved into the producing world. He still performs live, uh, but he's more of a producer now. And we wrote it together. I came up with a riff on my cigar box guitar, which is like literally a cigar box and a plank of wood and three strings. And you play it with a slide and uh, it's like proper, you know, Mississippi blues kind of a sound. Mm. So, um, yeah, and I was in a mood of just empowerment. I'm done taking anyone's bull, you know, I'm I'm just like be your own superhero kind of thing. So, um, yeah, uh, wrote the song and it's there for anyone to feel empowered, to get strong, to get in or out of a situation. That's kind of the message I want to promote with that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, you mentioned the the guitar. That is yeah. one of the most unusual looking guitars I seen. <laughs> I've seen it stood out at me straight away. It's um, <laughs> it's very interesting. How did you come across a guitar like that? Well, initially, so I basically get all my musical taste from my dad, and he 
uh, he became a fan of a woman named Samantha Fish. I don't know if you've heard of her, but she's she's an American. She's rocking the blues scene. She's amazing. And in one of in part of her act is the cigar box guitar. And when he sent me like clips of her, I thought, no, I have to get one of these. So um, there's a man in Johannesburg named Roy Jones who makes them, but he, he makes guitars out of anything. He's made guitars out of shovels. Um, out of bowls, you name it, he can make a guitar out of it. So, um, yeah, I contacted him and he made me this beautiful guitar. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Pretty cool. And uh, making guitars out of shovels and bowls and the likes, does it affect how the guitar sounds? Would it be as good as, say, a Les Paul or a Stratocaster? Oh, well, no, of course not. Um, you don't have, a, and you don't have the flexibility to do what a, a Stratocaster or all those kind of things could do, but you get that authentic old school blues down and dirty kind of sound, which mm. is just, you know, it's just as good in its own way. Yeah. Yeah. And the song, I've been listening to it nonstop the last couple of days and oh. it's real. you're right. It's really empowering. It's one of them songs you put it on and I feel like it's the perfect song to listen to in the morning because you're ready to take on the world after listening to it, you know? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. That, well, that was that was very much the point. And that was also the point with the video. We wanted to create a story that was something very strong, something current and something that people, many people may have gone through but don't speak about. And it was something to, you know, give you that empowerment to do something about your situation. Mm. And the video is... <laughs> epic by the way what was it like shooting that um well i was i mean so the story the video is half narrative and half live performance uh it was amazing i got up at four in the morning drove out to a farm and performed with a real wolf and in that video <laughs> when you see me walking towards the camera like i have chunks of um, raw meat in my hands <laughs> so that the wolf would follow me it was really really gross <laughs> I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, it was an amazing experience. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So um, we'll get a bit of a taste of your history now. So um, can you remember your introduction to music or your first your first musical memories? Um, yeah, it started when I was in my mother's womb. Um, my dad would play me Guns N' Roses and, and all that kind of stuff. So I was listening to rock before I was even born. Nice. Um, yeah, no, I, I just, and, and yeah, I, my dad is very much, he was a music fan, still is to this day. And so he would always play me, you know, all the rock classics and teach me the words and everything. And then from my mother's side, she was a dancer. So I got introduced to theater through her. And, you know, so I developed a love of music, but in so many different genres, uh, and then I guess I just something about it made me fall in love with it. And I grew up traveling a lot. I grew up um, in Asia as well. So there, you know, you're, you're pushed to um, develop as many skills as possible. And then you see what sticks. And so luckily I was exposed to guitar, piano, um, dance, everything from a very young age. And I just luckily took to it. And yeah, I mean, my, all I can remember my whole life is making music, playing instruments, being in shows. That's just what's always stuck with me. Yeah, yeah. Asia must have been interesting. I imagine the music scene over there is very different from, you know, the, the Western countries. 
um, yeah, I mean, I grew up in Hong Kong, so Hong Kong is very multicultural in it in itself. So mm. you have a little bit of absolutely everything. You know, it's like a it's a it's a multicultural buffet, if you want to call it <laughs> that. So you, again, you're exposed to so much. Yeah, yeah. And um, what were the first steps you took towards becoming a musician? Then was it in school, forming bands? Was it did, was there a scene for like-minded people? Uh, definitely bands in school was a thing. You know, I grew up in the emo era, so everyone wanted to be cool in a band <laughs> and wear your black eyeliner and all of that. So uh, definitely that. Um, but like I said, I, my grounding was in theater, which I'm grateful for because it did teach me to sing properly without getting injured and like learning techniques so that I've been able to have a voice, my voice last me or, you know, been able to push my voice out when I haven't been that well or anything. So I'm very grateful for that grounding. And it also, I think, taught me a lot of discipline and and hard work yeah yeah that uh that, that's very interesting though I guess from an early age it was kind of always on the cards or it was obvious you were going to going to be a singer or musician as you got well, older well I'm a Leo so you know I, it, it always has to be about me you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually a Leo myself so I fully uh, understand you get it you get it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. um after school then what what steps did you take to to making it a career uh well um yeah my, my life's been very um different roads basically so yeah throughout school I was I was learning all the instruments but at the same time um I was in a lot of theater productions and then after school I went to theater school but in theater schools where I fell completely out of love with theater and fell way more in love with rock and um, so then I formed a few bands and I, I traveled overseas and I um, luckily got a job in Hong Kong performing at the beer garden at the race course for like 20,000 people a night. So that was so much fun. And that taught me a whole like that was a growing up experience. Like you're thrown into the situation. You're like, right, I have to be a pro now. I have to be good now. So um, that taught me a lot. And then lockdown happened. And um, so performing with a band wasn't really a viable option. And I was here. Uh, in South Africa at the time. Um, so I thought, I, and I've, I've watched people who loop um, over the years and I thought, let me give this a try and just see if I can do it all myself. And um, luckily I bought some very cheap looping equipment and tried it out and some, and actually I took to it and I was creating some really cool stuff. And then suddenly I got booked for shows and then I upgraded my gear. And now this is what I do. I create these loops and things and sing over it. And it's a whole load of fun. Yeah, I've seen a, I've seen a couple of the videos you put up on YouTube. Actually, you really do look like you're enjoying yourself. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I truly love it, and I, I mean, it's it's empowering in itself that it's all me now. I create everything, which is also terrifying because if there's a screw up, it's my fault. I can't just you know look at the bass player and pull a face. Yeah, um, it's it's all on me. But at the same time, that makes it empowering, and you know, I get to just do what I like, which is um, a dream. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what's your what's your creative process like when you're when you're making music? Well, uh, so when it comes to writing, so like when I wrote because I've done a series of like uh, five songs with Mark um, with that, it, it was all different. You know, like I said, Wolves came from just playing around in my cigar box and I was in a certain mood and the song just happened mm. um uh with like more emotional stuff like generally if i'm feeling emotional i'll go sit at the piano and something will just come out um 
I mean, if you get a little bit spiritual about it, I just, I think songs are, they all exist. They're all around us. And it just in that moment, whichever song you channel is and whatever instrument you're playing at the time, it just happens. But, but when it comes to the looping, um, I'll generally pick a cover and then completely tear it apart down to its bare bones and try and recreate it, but with my own flair and flavor. And I like taking like the older blues songs and making them danceable now, you know, mm. Is there a go-to song that you like to cover? Oh, uh, <laughs> lots of, there's lots of them. Um, as Well, I've just put on YouTube Satisfaction, which is a lot of fun. For, I've done like my own version of Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that, um, I love, I love, I love playing my cigar box. I do Shake Em On Down, um, Evil by Howlin' Wolf. I do it on my diddly bow, which is kind of like a cigar box, but it's just one string. Right. So yeah, I love doing the old blues stuff very much. Ah, and um, being a, a multi-instrumentalist, is there, I'm always intrigued by this, is there an instrument that you're most comfortable with? Uh, definitely the bass guitar, but that's purely because I spent um, like two years, two or three years and like I was professionally being a bass player for lots of different people and lots of different things. So I just became very attached to my bass through that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, how does it compare? being a, a solo artist to being in, in bands? Uh, it's so much easier. Like when there's a booking, you don't have to phone all four other members and be like, <laughs> can you make this day? And then, and making arrangements like that headache is gone, which is beautiful. Mm. Um, but like I said, it is more scary. You only have yourself and technology to rely on. So um, it just takes more practice and more patience and, and organization. Yeah, yeah. The scariest part in that sentence was technology to rely on. <laughs> yes, because sometimes technology is just like, no, I won't. Exactly. And there's nothing you can do. Yeah. <laughs> it, this one gig I did, um, I was doing a cover, looping cover, and um, I noticed on my, because I use Ableton, on the screen, all like my samples just moved to different parts. Oh, my God. Everything just moved, and I was like, Oh my God, what I have to, so I had to reboot the system, but like while it was still playing, because it was like a big concert, it was, um, that was a terrifying experience. Yeah. <laughs> I could imagine. I could imagine. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. yeah. Do you remember yeah. your very first gig or concert? Uh, well, yeah. Like, I mean, I've been on stage since I was like six years old. So, like I said, in the theater, but when it comes mm. to just playing guitar, yeah, it was some, I, I always started the open mic nights. That's where you meet musicians. That's where you start getting your gigs. Um, and yeah, that's it was some open mic night out somewhere where they were reading poetry and doing comedy and it was a whole wealth of things. And I got up there with my acoustic guitar and I think I just spoke really fast and played all my songs really fast and got back off. Like I was very nervous back in those days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you'd, you'd tend to be for your very first gig, but once... You started playing. I noticed a lot of musicians f- say that once they start playing, they feel very comfortable on the stage, you know, and mm. so some people actually say that they're most comfortable when they're on stage. And mm. when you're in your early days, that's a very hard thing to imagine that you would get that comfortable and enjoy being on stage so, so much. Mm. Mm. Uh, I, I I can remember one gig where like I thought I'm just going to stand here and sing. And then I thought, actually, like, 
what's the point to that? Rather create a persona, create this character, show people who you are or what, at least what you want to be and make something entertaining. And um, that was like a turning point for me where I decided to like really come out of my shell and be the performer. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, t- it does take time. And, and I think it takes like anything experience and practice. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's one of them things I think uh, you could never call yourself a master, really, because you're always evolving as a musician. You know, exactly. 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 You're always a student. Exactly. The one th- the one thing I wish would change in the music scene is like how is that musicians, we really should not only support each other, but also learn from each other because yeah. everyone's got a skill that you possibly don't have. And um yeah, I just think we should be trying to learn from each other as opposed to competing sometimes. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. It's a very good point, especially nowadays with the way the music industry is. It's so cutthroat. And then it's like it's it's really not in the musician's favor. Oh, you no. know? Yeah. And with Spotify and all the big the big companies, you know, the musician gets very little for the work they put in. So that's a very good point. If more musicians were there for each other as a community, it'd be a lot better. Oh, 100 percent, especially when it comes to, you know, getting paid for, for gigs and stuff. You know, like if we all, you know, set a standard of what you want to get paid, then it could be a viable career path and you wouldn't need a day job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And how have you? found the the local music scene or music industry in South Africa? Uh, You know what, like, like I said, like I grew up in Hong Kong and the music scene there, it almost isn't really a scene because it's so diverse. There's so much going on. There isn't a specific flavor, Mm. you know, whereas with um, South Africa, there's very much a style and a flavor I find. Um, Like there are some things that are, oh, yeah, yeah, you can tell that that's a South African artist, which is a beautiful thing. I think that's that's really cool that they've created a style and a vibe. But then again, we are, again, multicultural. There's many different nationalities and and stuff here. So there is um, there is difference between each act. Um, But I honestly have found the scene really friendly um, and, and just enjoyable to to be around. I really I do like the scene here very much. And you've performed overseas as well. Not yes. only in in Hong Kong, but the United Kingdom as well. How did you how did you find England as a place to to perform? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was. Um, it, I mean, yeah, like I said, my life split in two parts: is the theatre days and then the, the live music. But um, when it comes to the live music, um, it was pub gigs. Um, it's actually it's quite. Um, arrogant how I did it I, um, my cousin worked at a pub and I snuck behind the bar and I had a I had like a little demo and I just played that on the speaker system in the pub <laughs> and like blared it and and like anyone who like would listen I was like this is my song guys this is my song eh? and um, luckily there was a musician in the bar that night and and said to me actually this is quite cool will you open for us so, um, I mean, it was in some little town, I think called Grantham. And um, so I followed that band around for like the time that they were touring around that little area and opened for them. So that was quite fun. But the audience in England, I found, I don't know if it's the same nowadays, but I found everyone had an opinion and wanted right. to like critique me and tell me what I did right and what I did wrong. But oh, I guess you get, that, you get that all over the world. But it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, that sounds like a tough crowd to play it after uh, all want to tell you what's right and what's wrong. <laughs> I know, but at the same time, um, 
you know, they're all there to have a good time and they all like going out and having their beer and stuff. So, you know, and the more, the more you drink, the better I sound. So it wasn't too bad. <laughs> I've never heard it put like that before. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, um, so who would you say has been your, your greatest teacher or our mentor throughout your career? Wow, um, there's been many. Um, as in people I've actually met, definitely my producer now, Mark Hayes, he um, has guided me in so many ways regarding like just how to handle myself as, an, as a musician, what to do at a gig, um, just the time and the care that he's taken um, with me with small things is just unbelievable. And also like when it came to writing the songs and producing them, you know, he asked the questions, why the song? What is the reason what little you know secret things can we put in that you'd only hear on like you know the eighth or ninth time you listen to the song so um i really appreciate that but yeah just learning from from the things he's been through was um very very instrumental and important to this current time i'm in in my life mm. um yeah so I, I suppose him and then again um i know it's not a musician but definitely my dad um he's He's one of like the top jockeys in the world. And um, I've definitely learned my hard work and determination from him. You know, he always said when he was going for the championships, he put his head down. He decided that's what he's doing and no one's getting in his way. And I've definitely taken that mentality on. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Did he uh, Did he ever have any aspirations for you to follow his footsteps instead of music? A hundred percent. Um I, he always says that I would have been an incredible jockey with my with my my attitude, but nah, not for me. <laughs> I love my I love my food and my bourbon way too much to diet and all of that. <laughs> true, true. You have to you have to be very strict when you're a jockey. Yeah. <laughs> so where's been um where's been your favorite place to to play live? I know it's hard to to pick one, but if you had to pick one or maybe two, to be fair. To, to be fair um um look japan was incredible because everyone in japan is incredible at what they do they take so much care whatever it is that they've chosen to do they'll do it incredibly well um you know down to a mcdonald's worker to an engineer you, you take pride in what you do so there i was you know i was in a music bar and i was surrounded by musicians so that was intimidating and again i felt like it helped me level up because i had to be like right now you need to actually focus and be really damn good yeah. so um i got a lot of satisfaction out of out of that performance and performing there um and again just gaining the respect and uh, um connecting with those musicians was really cool. Um, but I must say, um, definitely, yeah, performing, uh, like I said, in Hong Kong at the race course was uh, a massive ball. That was just so, so much fun. Um, but no, I mean, to me, any gig, any gig is, is a joy for me. Like, you know, even if there's two people there, then I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just going to enjoy my vibe and enjoy this. But if there's more people there and they want to get up and dance, then, then I'm happy to entertain them. You know, for me, I'm just, as long as I'm doing the music, I'm having fun. Yeah, yeah. And I was just going to ask, do you prefer larger crowds or a more intimate setting? Of course, larger crowds. Of course. <laughs> that's way more, that's way, way more fun. Really? Yeah. No, I, I can't perform in front of one person. Like sometimes, like, you know, if my mom came and asked me to sing something, you know, to, for her, I can't. I start shaking and sweating. Like I can't do it for one person. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, that's, a, that's not something I hear 
often now mostly I hear uh, people prefer the the smaller crowds because they can see their the people's faces and stuff like that. Uh, but I've always thought to myself, you know, would you not prefer the bigger crowds because it's more energy, more seems more fun performing to more people, you know? Hundred percent. It is more fun, and then you have more i mean i'm going to say the word control i don't mean it in a nasty way i just mean you can then decide on the vibe and if you know in a bigger environment more people are going to follow and do you know if you know like you know say like raise your hand or whatever if you know 10 people will do it and then 20 people and then 30 people more people are likely to do it um and then you can play with the crowd more and just have so much more fun a, a big crowd is for me always way better people lose their their inhibitions in in when they're lost in a big crowd you know so they're more willing to go crazy I was just going to say it. I was just going to say it. <laughs> Even as a as a concert goer or a, a gig goer, I prefer larger crowds than a, a smaller, more intimate setting, you know? Well, who wants to be that one person going, woo, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then they all look at you like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fear of being the only person that claps or makes a yeah. sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, it's quite awkward. So um my my boyfriend is my sound engineer currently. And if we're at if we, we're doing a gig and um there's only like three people there and they don't clap, he goes like, whoa, and it's just very awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So um if you had to if you had to pick one, then is there a worst performance you've had or a worst experience at a gig you've had? Um uh, very, very good question. Look, I mean, there's been times where my, my, like, like, you know, the technology hasn't worked for me and that's been annoying and upsetting. What's even more annoying is when it's not working, but it's because you haven't pushed a certain button that you've forgotten to push like that, oh, then you yeah. can only, that can, you can only blame yourself. Um, but it's more about how I've been treated that it sticks out. Like I've done some gigs where like, you know, I'll sing it at some sort of restaurant and then the restaurant manager comes and wants to give me a, a, a lecture on how to perform. <laughs> and I'm like, honey, really? <laughs> but yeah. you just, you, 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 got, you got to just smile and take it and, and just, and move on and just go, right. I'm not performing there again, but yeah, it's more about, um, yeah. When certain managers or venues treat you like your, your dirt or, or, you know, that then leaves a sour taste in my mouth more than if I were to mess up because I've done so many gigs in my life. I've messed up a hundred times, but like by now it's nothing to me. It's just like, okay, that was something new, you know, yeah. just on your toes. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. I can't believe the the restaurant manager though, you know, you should have Turn around and start telling him how to run the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, I know. Everyone, everyone's a director, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good. This is a bit of a tough one now. What does it mean to you to be a musician? What do you want to achieve or hope to achieve through your music? That's an awesome question. Um, I am fully fully committed to serving the music I'm more interested in serving the song the best that I can serving the song that I write or cover or anything and doing things that make sense for the song to make it an enjoyable experience for someone to dance to listen to have an emotional experience with whatever it is that you you do while you're listening to it do everything that makes sense for the song like I do not understand when someone wants to play some sort of shredding insane solo for no reason you mm. know everything in my book has to have like a reason why you're why you're going to do it and um 
And yeah, I am completely and committed to serving the music. And I think that is, that's what it, being a musician, it, it means to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's the perfect answer. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, it's like, it's like with my song Wolves, you know, I chose that cigar box guitar because it's that raw, rough, um, I'm not taking shit from you kind of a sound. And that was the energy of the song. So that's why it matched that instrument so beautifully. And that was, you know, the reason for it. Yeah. Oh, it came together perfectly. Yeah, it did. It really did. Is there any more music on the, on the cards for the near future? Yes. Um, hopefully next month I'll be releasing my follow-up single. Um, it's called Halloween. Um, it's a ballad. It's all piano-y and it's like pop and it's just like some sort of sad love song. But <laughs> there's a lot, no, there's a lot more to it. It's about longing, about some um, something that, you know, might never come. Um, yeah, so that's going to be my follow-up. We're busy working on the video for it now and, and all the stuff to do with the release. Um, yeah, so I'm quite excited for that one because it's a completely different direction to Wolves. I was just going to say, it sounds like a stark contrast to, to Wolves. <laughs> That's what we've done with the series of songs we've recorded. I've like, all of them are, are quite different. Um, and again, and, and again, which might sound like not usual, but I've been able to create a persona for myself that that's the common theme throughout my music. And then my music can be multi-genre, you know, um, mm. Also, just to show that I can do all these things, you know, if you come to a show of mine, there's going to be something for everyone from if you're age, you know, 68 or if you're just eight, I'll be able <laughs> to someone you'll you'll enjoy something. Yeah, yeah. I really like that. I have to say that I can't just be put into the one box, you know. Uh, well, it makes people uncomfortable if they can't put you in a box. They're like, wait, I don't, I, I don't know what to do. They get <laughs> they get quite nervous. They, they do tend to get quite nervous about it. Um but yeah, I, like I said, I've lived such a um, such a, a life with so many different things and places. I couldn't not be multi-genre. You seem like the type of person that likes to keep people on their feet. Oh, yes. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Love to surprise you. And, um, and definitely, I yeah, keep you on your feet for sure. Yeah, I think that's the best mm -hmm. way to approach your career, though, especially a music career, you know, so people never know what to expect next. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, especially in this day and age, gosh, it's tiring. You know, you have to be constantly on social media, on all these platforms and making something new and 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 um, and it's got to be interesting and different and good quality. So, yeah, you, you have to have that personality and that drive. You actually mentioned something interesting there, the social media aspect of being in the music industry nowadays. Mm -hmm. How do you approach it? Because it's so different from the way it was years ago, you know? Yeah. Um, what I did was I created a team of people that got the vision, got the idea and um, were motivated. So I work with, um, so I have a creative partner. His name is Josh, Josh Heldsinger, and he's um, a photographer by trade, but just an incredible creative is all you can call him. We like have sessions where we'll sit, look at the song and then create the whole marketing campaign behind it, create the video, everything, try and come up with clever, different things, um, you know, so like for Wolves, we had the big photo shoot campaign and then like the whole nine grid thing. We had the pro the little videos that gave you little secret clips and like little intros to my life and everything. So, yeah, um, you've got to create something different, interesting, keep the people engaged, but at the same time, be on trend with social media. So um, that's why I work with people. That's why I have people helping me do it, because like 
I don't have the time to sit and like, you know, scroll through reels and TikTok and all, and all of that, you know, do what you do best and let others do the rest. So I think you need to ask for help sometimes. That's a, that's a very good motto actually, because <laughs> like you'd never be able to write all the music, you know, handle the business side and be scrolling through uh, TikTok and Instagram stuff like that, trying to keep on top of the current trends. You know, it's a, uh, it's near impossible. It's almost <laughs> like if you didn't have the team of people, it's like it's stacked against you. You know what I mean? Completely, it's um, absolutely completely. And then at the end of the day, then it's also it's like throwing spaghetti at a wall. You never know what's going to stick. You never know what people are going to like or or hate or just not care about. It's yeah, it's um, it's not the wisest career choice. I'll put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but uh, it's probably one of the most meaningful or rewarding. You know, definitely. Oh, definitely. 100%, 100%, especially when you've written something. You know, I mean, I keep bringing it back to Wolves. There was a girl who came up to me and said, the strength in that video and song, um, she said, I wish because she, she was in an abusive situation at some point, And she said she wished she could have developed that strength at that time and um, and gotten out. And that that's so, watching the video, like, helped her come to terms with what she'd been through and that it was okay. And, you know, um, and that meant the world to me that she had connected with my story, connected with what I wanted to say and that it had actually helped her transform, you know? Yeah. Jeez. That must've been so rewarding though, to hear that from someone that heard your song, you know, that's, I feel like that's what music is all about making music. At least it's about helping people or changing someone's lives even in the smallest way, you know, or making it so they can deal with something in their past. hundred percent. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, everyone's got a breakup song that helped them through a breakup, right? You know, True. Um, everyone's got a song for something, for some good experience or for some bad experience. And it's amazing. Music is just amazing. It's amazing that it's that for us. I think it's the most beautiful thing that mankind has ever created is music. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'd hate to imagine a world with no music. Nah, nah. I'll go to uh, I'll go to space now. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. It'd, uh, it'd be a very boring place. It would be most definitely. <laughs> Music brings it brings people together. You know. Exactly. Exactly. So say when you're having a, a tough day or a rough day, or you want to be inspired. Who do you listen to? So my comfort and my everything is Freddie King. Um, what, what, uh, the the blues man i just love his music i love i find his voice so soothing and beautiful um i love the comedy that like every almost every song of his is ah oh, this woman's hurt me it's fine i'll just go eat because he, he was like a very <laughs> obese man <laughs> um, um no i i but it's more the tone and the um, the warmth behind his music is what I really, really enjoy. Um, and what sits with me um, to get inspired. I, there's a chick called Kavehi. She's Hawaiian. Um, she's amazing. And she does um, what I do, the whole looping thing with Ableton. So generally if I'm feeling like demotivated and like, oh, I can't be bothered, I'll watch one of her videos and I'll be like, no, she's going, I can go too. And then that'll like get me revved up to do something. Hmm. Um, but yeah, otherwise, uh, yeah, like I said, I am multi-genre, but um, a, a good rock song. Like I'm very addicted to the pretty reckless. I love their stuff. Um, so I'll listen to like a, you know, a hard hitting rock song and then I'm, I'm back on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Rock always uh, tends to do that for you. Yeah, it would. 
I know you're multi-genre, but is there a genre you find yourself kind of gravitating towards more than the rest? Would it be rock? Rock and blues, 100%. That's my my home. I identify as an old blues man, so <laughs> definitely that's 100%. Um, 100%, that's my thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, your career to date then, what was, was there a point or what was the point when you felt like all the hard work was starting to pay off? Oh, uh, um, so interesting question. I guess when I got to perform on Espresso, it's, which is like our morning TV show, you know, every, everyone's got a morning show. When I got on there, I was like, wow, okay. And and also, it. Um, I mean, I'm, I get... I get nervous before something when I'm doing it, I'm not nervous though, but I prepped so hard for that because who wants to screw up on live TV, you know, I'd worked super hard. Um, I prepared, 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 got there and it had gone incredibly well. There wasn't one screw up. Everything flowed so beautifully. The whole experience was just wonderful at that, that experience after that TV show, after I walked out of the studio, I was like, okay, every like all the preparation and the hard work that's paid off for sure but i mean also just um the attention that wolves got seeing it on spotify um seeing people sharing the music video all of that you know that also was like okay all those long meetings we had and the preparation and you know trekking out to take those photos and like the desert heat and everything it all did pay off when you see people enjoying it yeah yeah the um the morning breakfast show i seen the video you have on YouTube, it looked <laughs> it looked like an absolute highlight. But there was one thing that kept going through my mind. What was it like performing that early in the morning? Because oh. personally, I'm not a morning person, so I can barely like, I don't know, form a sentence early in the morning, let alone sing a song on national TV. <laughs> um yeah uh, luckily I have um um a little assistant who's she's my she's my little fairy she she comes and wakes me up and everything so she was helping me um I can't do I couldn't do anything without her so thank goodness for her um but no, you get there. I think, you know, the, the, the people who work there, they're all really high energy people. So if that's around you, then you can't help but, but soak it in. And mm. I guess I was excited as well. Um, so it, it, was, it was fine. But yeah, um, it's never an easy feat singing that early in the morning. <laughs> it's really not. So. <laughs> nah, nah. Yeah. Well, you seem to totally uh, own it anyway. Thank you so much. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It really was. What's the plan for the future? You know, a year, two years down the line, once the pandemic and everything has totally disappeared, where would you like to see your career going? World domination. Good answer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I mean, yeah, it's so hard to say because of everything that's gone on and going on and who knows what these changes, you know, with the changes to the world, we, we know nothing. We don't know what's what's next. Um, what I can tell you is currently I'm planning to tour South Africa um, as best that I can. Um which again is fun because I'm, you know, it's just my, it's just me. So just load all my my gear in my car and just go, which I'm really, uh-huh. really excited to do. Uh, but yeah, I mean. Gosh, I mean, big dreams. Um, but I do believe, you know, shoot for the stars and at least you'll, you'll reach the moon. You know, I want to obviously tour internationally. I want to go, I want to go back to Asia, go back to Europe, UK, all of that, perform wherever I can and um, just keep on making music. If I can just keep making music and performing it live, I'm a happy girl. 
yeah yeah that's that's the main thing anyway as long as the music makes you happy you know and um what's it like currently the music scene in south africa with the pandemic is this after totally easing or you know um when this all happened i was so because so before i was living i was living in hong kong but my dog was here in in cape town so i'd fly back every few months to go and see him and then i'd flown back to see him and then the lockdown happened flights got cancelled and i couldn't get back into hong kong and i was so happy because South Africa really tried to keep the music scene going, which I was so grateful for, you know? I mean, I was happy I wasn't in Hong Kong because they actually, like, banned live music for a year. Um, Yeah. We we actually did two over here. I think it was nearly two years, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So um, I was just so grateful that South Africa kept it going. The gigs did not stop. I mean, there was that month where we were proper lockdown, but other than that, the gigs kept happening. We've all been able to keep performing. So I'm so grateful to South Africa and the venue owners here and and um, the scene here for keeping it going because um, um, it, it was very instrumental um, as to where I am now. As for now, um, I honestly think we've all got COVID fatigue, you know, no offense to anybody, but we're all just kind of so over it. Like, oh my gosh, you know, you just want life to go back to normal and going yeah. to a music gig and having a beer and and watching live music and dancing. I mean, that's the one thing that can make you feel normal again. So it's something we all seriously do seem to enjoy. From the point of view of crowds going to concerts and gigs, mm-hmm. are they embracing the music? Are they embracing the ability of being able to go to a gig? Or are they a little cagey? Oh no, no! You can still see, <laughs> um, you can still see that they are nervous, and you can still see as well that the crowds are not as big as they used to be. Mm. Obviously, everyone like second guesses, or they've like interacted someone with COVID or whatever. So it's never, it's ne- it's never as big as it used to be. But you know, after everyone's had like a glass of wine or two, then they forget, and then the masks come up, and then they dance and everything. Um, but no, of course, it's not, it's not what it used to be. Yeah, that's that's a kind of it's probably one of the saddest things about the to come out of the pandemic, you know. It truly, truly is, and I mean, and then people always say, "Oh, but you know, then do a live stream concert to get good sound with that is really a challenge." So, and it's also just not the same, you know. Um, so yeah, it's it has been um, an interesting, challenging time, and it's sad that music has suffered because of it. Um, but at the same time, like um, what we are noticing is now venues are giving chances to people that maybe they didn't give chances to to perform because the bigger acts now won't do a small venue or they've gone somewhere else. And so it has, in a way, opened the door for us new people to to come in and start um, um, performing in certain venues. So that is the one positive thing I can say. Uh, That's that's really good, actually. Over here, it's... um... The music industry is still sort of just trying to pick itself back up. Just before Christmas, it was announced that concerts and everything could happen, but I think there was limited numbers. Yes. Now they can go straight ahead, but I know a lot of big concerts that were planned for this year. I'd say five or six of the bigger ones have been cancelled already, which is a bit oh. kind of, you know, because you, you're like, yes, it's getting back to normal. I can mm-hmm. go to every concert throughout the year that there is. And then it's like a kind of sideswipe. So you're not expecting them to be cancelled this year, you know? 
Mm. I mean, every big act that I follow, they're like, hey, guys, we're going on tour. And then like a few weeks later, you see tour postponed, you know, because there's a change or something. But I mean, I have seen that they are putting on some amazing festivals and I really hope that they that they happen. Yeah. You know, fingers crossed anyway. I think uh, a festival really makes summer. For us over here anyway, because that's our festival season, you know, and I feel like it's intertwined with when I think of summer, I get the summer feeling. I think of a festival, you know. Mm. Oh, definitely. There's nothing yeah. like it. There's just nothing else like it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Gosh, so we hope that it'll go back to normal. That we'll be able yeah. to continue. Well, look, at least we're closer to the end than we are to the start. Exactly. So I'm. Um, We'll move on to the last couple of questions. So if you could see any performer from history in concert for one night only, who would it be? Freddie King. <laughs> Go to City's my idol. So definitely it would be Freddie King. Um, actually, if I could just see all the blues men, if I could see Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf, all those guys, <laughs> wow, that would just blow my mind. Yeah, yeah. So you're dream concert then as a a classic blues festival so to speak oh yeah that would be (laughs) no then then i could die happy that would be amazing (laughs) truly amazing and if you could spend 24 hours in a room with any musician from history who would it be Okay, well, I've already said the blues guys i would say everyone's gonna roll their eyes at me but i like uh I would honestly say um, Gerard Way. He was um, obviously lead singer of My Chemical Romance, and then yeah. he moved on into the comic book world and wrote um, Umbrella Academy and all of that. And I just see him as such a complete creative, you know. Um, I guess I really like people who are complete creatives, you know, in more than one aspect, just to pick those kind of people's brains and just, you know, how, what is your process? How do you get so creative? How do you think these things that no one else would think, you know? Um, that's someone that I'd really like to spend 24 hours with to learn from. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's actually a really good one. That's something, or that's someone I've never actually heard mentioned on the podcast before. And well, everyone rolls their eyes when you mention my, if you, if you mentioned Mike him and all of that, but um, no, definitely, definitely him. Sorry. Yeah. You were saying. Yeah, no, I was just going to say um, I've actually seen My Chemical Romance in concert and it's actually up there with some of the best concerts I've been to. They put on the well, they used to put on one hell of a show, you know. Mm. Uh, which tour did you see or which album were they promoting? It was the. Oh, uh, you know, the one that was all futuristic. And it was planetary oh, gold. Yes, 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 yes. That was um the, the fabulous Killjoys. Oh, yes. awesome. Oh, yes. wow. Oh, cool, cool. I saw them do Black Parade live. So, oh, um, man, really? Yeah, yeah. So, um, no, I, I mean, I'm a I'm a performer and Gerard is most certainly a performer or what mm. he was. So um, definitely I'd love to pick his brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love how they incorporate a theatrical aspect into their shows as well, you know. Oh, it's awesome. It's so yeah. awesome. It's really cool. You know, they always said that they were inspired heavily by Iron Maiden. Mm. And um, so when I was younger, I'd like listen to Iron Maiden to like figure out what are you, and I never like got it musically, but then um, Iron Maiden came to, to South Africa and I got to watch them live. Now oh that God. is a the- theatrical show. Like, 
oh my gosh, like uh, he was like busy fighting with like this gigantic puppet and these sets that just suddenly came and were taken down and everything. Like I, I felt like I was watching a musical that I like definitely I'm like, okay, I get where your inspiration came from now. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like with them, it'd be almost 80% theatrics and 20% music. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. But um, I know the listeners are probably sick of me saying it, but I always say it for me when I go to a show, the theatrics is so important. You know, the stage show, it's all about the entertainment factor. I, I, I prefer that over someone just walking out with an acoustic guitar, standing there, singing their songs and saying goodbye, you know. I think you got to come to one of my shows, man. That's that's me. <laughs> I, lo- I I completely agree with you. You know, there is something to be said about watching someone who's super technical, who can do these amazing things. That's great. And that's wonderful. But for me, I'm like, you're on a stage, put on a bit of a show, you know, do a yes. little something. Um, you, you've got to do it. And and um it just yeah, it tells tells the story of the song a bit more. Again, to serve the music, I I definitely love um theatrical performers way more than someone just strumming on a guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> so if um if there was a song that could appear on the soundtrack to your life, what would it be? Oh gosh. Um oh wow. Uh never thought of that. Uh <laughs> Um, you've stumped you've stumped me there. Uh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's a bit of a, so... a tough one just to spring on you. I know. Wow, that's that's hectic. Um, I guess. Uh, I mean, I know now. I guess because we, we mentioned Mike him. I guess um, their song "Famous Last Words" is definitely something that I've referred back to a number of times. You know, I'm not afraid to keep on going. I'm not afraid to face this world alone. It's definitely like lyrics that I've clung to at time at tough times. You know, to force myself mm. to keep on moving on. Good choice, good choice. I know the song well. <laughs> and yeah. uh, finally, what do you like to do when you're not doing music? I love um, to power up my Xbox and play some Assassin's Creed or something like that, pour myself a nice big bourbon, and I'm a very happy girl.
Hello everyone, I am Matthew Thomas, the Spirit of Super Cool Radio, and if you're looking for a great podcast that features the best independent and up-and-coming bands and artists, then check out my podcast, Super Cool Radio. Each week, I deliver fun interviews, and every Friday, I spin some killer music. You might not know some of these bands that I feature, but I guarantee you will love them. Check out Super Cool Radio on YouTube, Rumble, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, or the streaming platform of your choice. Tune in and rock out! Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed this show. If you did, rate and review us on iTunes. Really helps the show grow. You can find us on social media at Concerts That Made Us Podcast. And be sure to check out our website at www.concertsthatmadeus.com. And if you'd like to support the show, you can do so by signing up at patreon.com forward slash concerts that made us. We've got three tiers available. If that's something you're interested in, you'll get access to a private Discord, exclusive uncut video versions of the podcast, early access to ad-free versions of the episodes, and much, much more. So, until next time, keep rocking. Hey. Hey, what are you guys still doing there? The show's over. It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here. Bye.